It's the stem right where it attaches to the head. It's called the peduncle. Good day and welcome to Wheat Pete's Word here on RealAgriculture.com for Wednesday, July the 11th on this episode of The Word. Wild weather, almost wicked weather actually. Some crop updates, we're going to talk about double crop soybeans quickly. Then lots about wheat after that, insects, insects, insects. Then weed control and at the end of the update a few specific questions if we should ever happen to get that far. Let's go. First off, I do apologize if this update if you call Wednesday it didn't quite make it it is Wednesday I am doing it but I am late in the day and Rhett may not get it posted until Thursday that's because we are at plot harvest we have Shane sitting in the John Deere 6600 yes Leroy we call that combine thanks to Ainley Farms Kevin and Ken Nixon for helping us get her going we're at winter barley plots so for Johnson yet again plot harvest has started and I just couldn't do it without my technician Shane McClure. You ever see that man? Please shake his hand and say thank you. Next, lots of cool stuff going on out there. Tomorrow, Thursday, I will be at FarmSmart. Hope to see you there. If I don't see you there, at the Eastern Ontario Crop Conference Winchester, that is July 19th. Get registered. If you're in Eastern Ontario, it's the place to be to learn the latest and the greatest. Meanwhile, also compaction. So I spent Monday and Tuesday at St. Hyacinth, Quebec. We did a compaction day. Oh, the sensors. Johnson didn't do a good job on the sensors, but lots of cool stuff there. And thanks to the to the farmers that came out to that day. Excellent turnout, excellent feedback. And in particular, some of them said, hey, Peter, could you actually do a little bit more in eastern Ontario about spring cereals? Because it relates a lot more to Quebec and probably to the Maritimes than, than all the southwestern Ontario winter wheat stuff. Really appreciate that feedback. We will work on that no question meanwhile another compaction day coming up elgin soil and crop mark your calendar for this august the 9th we're going to do another compaction day very similar to what we did at saint hyacinth in quebec also what we did at arthur last september 7th shaw ridge farms should be excellent day and lots of cool stuff to see and hopefully to learn all right want to move on and oh my gosh it is dry 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 in much of the province so ray up on the north shore saying only two and a half inches since the snow left and that is dry meanwhile ray says wow you know the crops they really look pretty good you know why that is ray because up there you guys have better organic matter that is the one thing this dry weather really drives home is that if you have good organic matter and healthy soils you can tolerate dry weather much better down here in the southwest where it's extremely dry we're on sand soils eroded low organic matter the corn has already turned white it's done there are spots and fields that will yield zero the corn simply is too dry in those areas it's across the province pretty well also we did for a while eastern ontario was the mecca it was paradise they had perfect weather they've had no rain for four weeks they're starting to get dry but then we get up into renfrew and oh break my heart charlene sends me an email and says peter i am wilted and
been depressed. The corn looks like pineapples. The soybeans aren't canopying. Remember, in Renfrew, even though they probably had a little more moisture than southwestern Ontario, extremely shallow soils. Very, very prone to dry weather. I feel your pain, Charlene. Meanwhile, other growers, the total opposite. So last week, Thursday, we have thunderstorms pop up. Very extremely heavy thunderstorms. And I heard one weather person refer to them as moving at a glacial pace. Yes, they barely moved. And so places like Park Hill, up to four and a half inches of rain in an hour. Just water going everywhere, even though we've got super canopy. And guess what? Corn lodged flat. Corn that was shoulder high, just absolutely root lodged. Now, it's quite variety specific. It's really interesting. You can pick out the varieties that are growthy, but don't have such a good root system. It's not just Park Hill. We have some in the Embro area as well. That corn, it will be fine. It actually will be fine. It looks horrible. And you'd say, oh, the yield's going to be cut in half. No, the yield will be hurt, but not very much because it hasn't tasseled yet. Has good moisture now, so it will gooseneck and it will turn up and it will tassel and it will pollinate. All I will say though is at harvest. Oh gosh, what a nightmare. Been there, done that. Hope you have auto steer way back in 1981 when corn rootworm first hit. We had a whole lot of corn on corn, and I used to start at one of the end of the field. It was all down, lodged, root lodged. I would start at one end of the field on this six rows of corn. By the other end of the field, and they weren't long fields, I could easily be out 12 rows. Auto steer will help, and the corn is just going to whip everywhere in front of you. It's just, hey, it's the other side of dry weather. It's way too much water, and I'm not sure which is worse. Okay, going to move on. Kevin saying, hey, Peter, so I'll tell you about my wheat yields but first before i tell you about my wheat yields please don't believe your yield monitor unless it's calibrated wow what a great comment kevin so please sent shane to the field this today start combine and barley we didn't have the way wagon there it's an uncalibrated yield monitor oh we're still recording the data we'll get it calibrated here shortly but yeah we don't believe it at all. It kind of in the bin was supposed to be 114 bushels, and I bet you it wasn't 80. But anyway, calibrate, calibrate, calibrate. We need that data. Calibrate, calibrate, calibrate. Okay, on wheat yields, yes. So it's really interesting. Some growers reporting average yields where we got that June rainfall. If you got three inches in June or two inches in June, that one rainstorm that came through, it really did boost wheat yields. And so the good fields are still breaking 100 bushels per acre. A few growers saying, yeah, average to maybe just a hair above. Meanwhile, if you're on heavy clay, drought-prone soils, and you did not get rain, uh, the answer is low, low, low yields. Generally 10 to 15 to maybe even as much as 20 or 30 bushels below normal. So average to below normal. And that's all about that grain fill period and moisture as well. But your hot weather, short grain fill, mostly disappointing yields. Meanwhile, quality is awesome. So almost no fusarium whatsoever. Of course, it's dry. When it's dry, we don't get fusarium. And a lot of callers or people had asked me, what about low test weights? We're going to have low test weights this year. No, you get dry grain fill. You get smaller kernels. The smaller kernels, they actually fit together better inside the bushel weight measure. And we have good test weight, solid, not 66 pounds per bushel, but lots in that 60 range for the most part. Quality, excellent. Meanwhile, moistures are just all over the map. Wow. And why is that? 
Draw an organic matter map, baby. Just high moisture where you have really good soil, high organic matter, excellent water holding capacity. The mo- the grain is still some cases 22, 23%. Meanwhile, get onto the eroded knoll or on the headlands where it's compacted and it's ran out of moisture. It's at 12%. Makes it pretty tough to do an excellent job of combining or know when to start running. And of course, this is early to start wheat harvest. So what does that mean? Double crop soys, baby. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. A few growers planting double crop soybeans. Don't forget, for the most part, July the 15th, if you're at London, you don't have double crop soybeans planted by the 15th of July. Ah, the chances of success really go down rapidly. You probably got a 20 bushel yield potential. You lose a bushel per acre per day. If you are down in Essex, certainly you can go till July 20th and still have a shot at it. Don't forget, shorten up one maturity group. Make sure you plant, you know, 300,000 seeds per acre because that's just what you need to make those double crop soybeans work and last if you are dry why waste the money unless it starts raining immediately you need them to start right away you can plant four inches deep to get to moisture i'm okay with that they will come up but you have to have moisture or the whole thing goes south and on that note relay crop soybeans so i need to start first with a note from blake vincent blake thank you so much i said that jason mock came up and spoke at innovative farm and really kick-started this whole relay crop soybean concept. It wasn't Jason. He tweets lots about it. That was in my brain. But it was actually John Coots who came up and spoke about that. And he also is doing that, doing an excellent job on that. However... Johnson's Relay Crop Soybeans. They are, I think, finished. We've had no rain and the wheat will come off probably next week, but the beans are already all dropping leaves. They're dried up. They just don't have enough moisture. You have to have moisture to have any chance to make Relay Crop Beans work. Okay, got to move on. First off, question about timing burn down. The wheat crop is really uneven. How do you time that burn down? You look at the peduncle. Now, Lindsay tweeted out a good video on that we'll link to it here if you're wondering about it it's the stem right where it attaches to the head it's called the peduncle when that stem turns a golden yellow you know that translocation has stopped when 95 or 98 percent of the plants have turned at that at that point then you can spray the glyphosate and know that you're not going to get any translocation into the grain a caller saying hey peter i have a wheat field 70 percent of it's infested with quackgrass do i do a pre-harvest burn down or a post harvest burn down well if you have tram lines through the field you can do a pre-harvest burn down it will help to even up the wheat we get good uptake of the glyphosate in that situation however having said that if you don't have any tracks through the field then you can leave it and take the wheat off in September do your post harvest control of that glyphosate and that should give you good control as well Ken asking about small seeds so Peter I'm in the dry area it's super dry here is my wheat with all those small kernels okay to keep for seed or do i go to some relatives and get seed from them nice big plump kernels in the rain zone well first off ken doggone it we gotta support the the breeders and the the new varieties and if you always keep your own wheat seed then how do we ever expect to have new genetics 
It just drives me nuts that we don't support the cereal industry. We do the corn, we do the soybeans, and we just just drop wheat entirely. Okay, I'll crawl off my pedestal and say, yep, so that small wheat seed, it will be fine. However, it does have less energy. And some good research by John Rousel of New Liskard College when he was there, where we could pick up a bushel or two by having nice, big, plump wheat seed. If you have small kernels, just clean it hard. Keep the bigger kernels clean it hard that seed will still germinate it will be fine gourd you sent me a picture of black chaff and you're worried about fusarium and saying well few fusarium damaged kernels but is that an issue so remember that the black chaff is not fusarium it is alternary it's a secondary saprophyte i doubt that those kernels are infected with fusarium mostly if they're fusarium it's pink you'll see pink growth on the kernels and when the fusarium's there the alternaria won't grow so i think it's just a drought issue i don't think you have fusarium at all but go look for the pink that's the way to tell paul from quebec saying hey peter can i get 10 ton per hectare yowzers a nice looking spring wheat field he did some counts good for you paul 675 heads per square meter averaging 30 seeds per head and of course can we hit 10 ton per hectare well if you do the math you will need a thousand kernels your thousand kernel weight so if you counted out a thousand kernels and weighed them they would have to weigh 50 grams to hit 10 tons per hectare is that possible yes if you live in england and have super long grain fill they get 50 gram thousand kernel weights but here ah, if we get to 40 that's awesome rare we get over 40 i hope you get there and i love that you're aiming for it Eh, I'll be surprised if you make it quite this year. Okay, want to move on, and I want to go alert, alert, alert. We have spider mites out there, and this hot, dry weather, you combine the wheat. If you have a soybean field beside a wheat field or along the grass, it's getting so dry, the spider mites are looking for somewhere else to go. They go on to the soybeans. So scout, scout, scout. It's four per leaflet. And remember, take along the white sheet of paper. Old guys like Johnson, poor eyes, they can't see those spider mites very well you got to shake the leaflet over top of the white sheet of paper you see the movement and if you can catch them early you can often only spray the outside round but spider mites do far more damage most years than soybean aphids we talk all about soybean aphids but really spider mites are much bigger deal also lots of discussion on twitter about red-headed flea beetle in soybeans japanese beetle bean leaf beetle all these things that that chew chewing insects rarely do much damage you need 15 percent defoliation in a soybean crop between r1 and r4 before control is warranted tracy bowdy put up an excellent article on fieldcropnews.com go there have a look i highly doubt you have to worry about the defoliators but keep scouting for aphids they love this hot weather and keep scouting for spider mites last note on spider mites remember that you have to spray with saigon or lagon if you're after spider mites if you spray with dimethoate you don't get the spider mites and you kill all the beneficials and the spider mites they just go and explode so be careful make sure that you use the right product on weed control again charlene and renfrew saying we have some really poor weed control it's dry weather but lambs quarters in particular is there any concern about lambs quarters at this point being glyphosate resistant and charlene there's nothing out there that that we're aware of that looks like it's glyphosate resistant on lambs quarters for sure 
send seeds into Francois Tardif, University of Guelph, get them tested, but almost in your dry conditions, you know that the lamb's quarters gets that fuzz, that kind of white dust on top of the leaf, and, and that is calcium that the leaf exudes. You spray the glyphosate on, it won't stay on the leaf, it just rolls off, and so glyphosate often misses lamb's quarters on these really dry days. Stephen, you asked about bull thistle and burdock in your wheat stubble, and to get burdock in particular, bull thistle, you should be able to get it with either a decent rate of glyphosate or a, a, a some kind of a hormone spray. It's fairly susceptible, but burdock, oh, what a tough weed to control. Takes a high rate of glyphosate or a high rate of hormone herbicide. So Mike Cobra did a little bit of work. He actually listed it at the back of his problem weed control book, Enlist Duo. This time of year, actually in September, but this time of year, Enlist Duo gave 60% control at a high rate. So of course, that's glyphosate plus 2,4-D, two liters of glyphosate by itself, 50% control, a half liter of dicamba by itself, uh, 50% control. So really tough. Putting the glyphosate with uh, some kind of a hormone at high rate, probably your best option. And that will be spot spray because you're going to kill all the clover in that area. Last, don't forget, new seedlings will come this fall or next spring and you have to go control them as well. I know right now that my friend Nature Nut Nick at Strathroy is saying, Burdock, you get the shovel, you dig them out, that's the way you control them. Yeah, we just takes a whole lot of work from that perspective. Look at that! Yet again, I am out of time! That's it, that's all. On behalf of the team here at realagriculture.com, this is Wheat Pete with the word for Wednesday, July the 11th. Leave me lots of questions. We'll have lots to talk about again next week, and we'll be back next Wednesday. Talk to you then.